0: You know, I think this is the groove that I like to make you move. Sometimes, with all this coronavirus stuff, you know, I wanted people to say, Get the funk out of face. Get the funk out of face. funk out the face. Oh, my God damn. Well,
1: look, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Ah, Welcome to another episode of Al Tuma's Tuma Town. I'm your host, Al Tuma, And tonight, we're going to have a fabulous time like we always do, but, you know, I have a comrade musician friend of mine down here tonight, and uh, we're going to discuss a few things, the business and... Um, the today's, um today's just the way that the, that the world is today, you know, so I'm honored to have him up here. That was the um, the beautiful music that you was hearing when we was opening up this show. It was the first time we've ever done it like that, And um, because this dude's a bad dude. He's been in the game like 30, 40 years or more, and did soundtracks for Ghostbusters, played with the best of them, Ray Parker, Prince, Michael Jackson. Um, Fucking the Bobby Womack, he's played with them all. He's been in the game for a minute and he's been like an older brother to me. So, before I even introduce him, I got to give the boss of this place back there her props and see how she's doing, Miss Poetis Felicia Morris, who's also a musician in her own right. You know, we have to touch in with her because we never know what her temper is. Hey, Al. Hey, Felicia. That's the best you can do for me. You've done better than that. You normally just do back flips and stand up on your hand. That's the best you can do today. I ain't. Oh my I ain't God. did nothing to you. Goodbye,
0: Al. Do your show.
1: I, I haven't done anything to you. what <laughs> you know, I'm talking about it. it's all like women and cats. They just alike. It's all like cats, but you have to deal with them. That type of shit. This is just for no reason. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen. As I was saying today, what is the day? September the tenth, 9th tenth, something like that. I think it's a, I don't know what it is, but we're in September, September the tenth. Yeah, what was the date? Huh? Yeah, it is. Tomorrow is 9-11. Damn, now, that was fucking what? What Twenty years ago, nine eleven. I wonder if it would. Does it happen? Did it happen on Friday? What did that, that? that happened on a Monday. I remember that. When 9 11, when the real 9 11 happened, that was on a Monday because I was supposed to be flying my ass back out of Seattle to back to Los Angeles from Sunday, being up with Gary Payton doing his weekend thing up there. And I got stuck in Seattle for over a week up there behind this shit. Wow, planes got crashing and all this building and all this shit, and it just got crashing and fucked up everything, ladies and gentlemen. So, she brought up nine one one. It's you know, I hate when people just. I wasn't going there. I was talking about something else. But when you smoked weed, somebody else can easily just take the steering wheel and drive you where the fuck they want you to go. That uh, might be a
0: good story, yeah. The nine one one story how we related to what's going on today, because at nine one one it changed a lot of stuff, and what we're doing today yeah, with it the is. coronavirus the changed everything else too.
1: Yeah, it did. It definitely so did. It changes, you know, and yeah. Life. It is. So I guess I, I can mark this shit down. And since she didn't put your ass up in the camera, I might as well go on and introduce you. Ladies and gentlemen, this man here is very, you know, dear, dear friend of mine. He's almost, I mean, like, been knowing him 22 years, but he's almost like my, I want to say brother, but we obviously half brothers because when you see me and him, you realize we might have had the same mama but different dads, or we might have had the same dad with different mama. So he's always been like that older half a brother and helped me a lot in the show business game when I first got up out here, and he's still helping me today. Uh, he's a musician, like I say, who's worked with some of the best traveling all around the world. And um, he's known as the funky sax man. yes right. He's going to play all the goddamn instruments and, and write songs and does a whole lot. So, you know, I'm glad to have my big brother up here. And, um, man, thanks for finally
0: coming down here, Chaz. The Funky Sax Man. Yes, yes, yes. Good to be here, Al. You got to tell him my name properly. Chazzy Green, the Funky Sax Man. Yeah. Okay. You got to say it like that. Okay. Well, yeah. Chazzy yeah. Green, the Funky Sax Man. Well, that's the way you going to have to do it. I mean, I'm not your Michael Buffer, nigga. I'm your little brother. I'm never going to refer to you uh, like <laughs> that. Right? But anyway, I'm glad to be on the show. and It's good to see you doing something <laughs> well and uh, keeping uh, people informed and talking and just yeah. basically speaking your mind because it's really important because a lot of people, you know, really don't have people that they can talk to openly and not being judged mm-hmm. or, or things like that so they can speak freely. Right. Uh, that's what we need more in this country to speak freely how you really feel, what's really going on with you. Yeah. You, you know? That's, so, yeah. That's really t- why I decided to do this, man. And uh, it was like two
1: or three years ago, I was way behind on this shit. Man, motherfuckers been doing this shit fucking 10, 15 years. Dude, I was like, fuck technology, fuck all this shit. <laughs> fuck social media, fuck all y'all. So yeah. I'm way behind on it. And some but of my okay. peers and comrades are way ahead of me. Got way more goddamn stressors. I ain't even trying to get no subscribers, no viewers, right now. Right. This is practice to me, and I'm really just getting the hang of this bullshit. So you can tell, you hug come over here and talk, and do all type of shit, but it's all and it's not conventional at all. But until you, you know, really master what this shit is, because it is an art to mastering doing this shit. It's way much more different than just going up on a stage or in front of a damn camera, you know, like for a movie or a sitcom. And shit, this shit here is is it's, it's
0: it's it's really different. But and, it's about still being yourself and being honest with yourself, saying yeah. what you really truly feeling, and just put it out like that. And then you still gotta look at it like Somebody's still out there in front of you because somebody's watching. They are; these right cameras here, and so, they're actually
1: the perfect people that really want to see him. That's right. So yeah. you know, you gotta so make I got to build guitar. myself up for the forty-three motherfuckers mm-hmm. who want to see me every week. But uh-huh. everybody has
0: to start somewhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, it, but the main point is to start because some people never get started. Yeah. So you have to say, yeah, you have to plant that seed and keep growing with
1: it. With that's all right. It's, with it's it. going good. You're doing fine. Yeah, but bruh, it's good to have you up here, man, yes, sir. And shit, dude, shit, hey, this COVID-19 thing, that got them, pretty much got them put up, Psh, fucking burr about the bull, it's just pretty, did you ever think your goddamn shit would be cut short, where you, where well, we couldn't work?
0: Right. Or Artists, they, entertainers, just told them you can't do nothing. And no, they they considered us non-essential people. That's what they non-essential workers. <laughs> right. But you know, it brought the us arts. back together. Because, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you what happened. Uh, I decided to go to a liquor store. and getting everything right. And then he didn't see me right because we were all wearing masks and he hadn't seen me in years and years. <laughs> and so he, he went to the line. I told him he couldn't get in this line. You have to go over there. He was like, what? I said, go on over there. Like, <laughs> and he was looking back. Who the hell you think you is talking to me like? This only can be—is that chat? Yeah,
1: bro, you about to get knocked out because I thought you was a white man talking to me like that on Forty Eighth. Right. And crazy, you a white man, don't tell me where to go. Mm, shit, you about to get
0: fucked up, and I ain't gotta
1: touch you. The motherfuckers behind this
0: counter kill you for fucking with two, But that was funny, but it brought us back together. But yeah, cause we, yeah, we go
1: way back, bro. It's been like twenty-two years, yes, man, yes, and I didn't yes. see you had to be. Shit,
0: so damn near 10 years? No, uh, it's been about 15 years. Yeah, somewhere around I, there. And then I remember uh, my band, we were really kicking in L.A. Uh, Chad's Green and the Greenbacks, we were playing all over everywhere. Yeah. Uh, one time we were uh, a band at B.B. King's Place up at Universal City. Right. And we played there all the time. So I had Al come up there and do some <laughs> things sometimes. And, and yeah. We could do some things. It was It was a lot of fun. But uh, back to this uh, coronavirus stuff, um, what it has done for us musicians, shit, we're just sitting at home just doing nothing. Yeah. But uh, if you're smart, you can look at it in a positive way and reinvent yourself. Because ain't nothing going to be the same from now, No, I always say, I don't
1: think we'll ever go out there. I marked it as March 12th when they really shut this shit down. Right. It shut all of will never go
0: back to that. I was supposed to be in Japan at the beginning of April. And then going to Holland and everything else. So it was like, man, it just... Just wipe me out for a minute. But. It made me goddamn have a different respect for Donald Trump's mantra of Make
1: America Great Again. <laughs> see, because niggas, all they all want to see was he talking about going back to slavery and all that. Maybe that's what it meant to him. Well, but yeah. what does make America green, make, make America Great Again mean to you? I'm telling you, just six months ago... This shit was much greater than it is now. <laughs> if I could just go back to March, I mean, it was the day I did my last show. If I could just go back to then, America <laughs> would be great. Uh, but totally, it's
0: totally fucked uh, up I'm now, telling you. and we, I see
1: it getting worse.
0: Well, we need to get back in that time zone because, man, it was it was much better than it is now. Yeah. And then he brought all the races out of the woodwork. He didn't bring them nowhere. They've been there. <laughs> yeah, the
1: but they, they coming out. Blame that man for that shit, man. You ought and, to be glad. But he Make gave sure. him
0: a reason to come out. They've always been. There. but they've never came out like they are now good don't you don't you glad that they're showing themselves <laughs> it's a good thing you am saying
1: niggas do you you want them to hide they're doing this they, they were doing the same things in the dark now they coming out seeing it and niggas losing their fucking mind <laughs> well
0: it's just kind of like rap too because we were saying all this stuff in the dark and if we have by ourselves now if you're just saying anything right i'm now. glad
1: these motherfuckers are posing <laughs> they got
0: themselves man
1: yeah. yeah. Then people want to call Trump a racist. I'm like, you know, who gives a fuck? And who's really upset <clears> about, I mean, what black person, I mean, what white person do you really know that you can honestly say ain't racist? You really can't say that about anybody. Because there's a black person to a degree, I'm, I'm not racist, but I have my prejudices, you know, you know, my bigotries. But like they say, to be racist, you have to have the power. To not like a motherfucker to affect their life. So I, you, or nobody, black, for the most part, can really be a racist.
0: But we can have our prejudiced views. I mean, I don't have those. Right, and that's understandable because you got to remember, in America, it's a thing called implicit bias. Yeah. And white folks have been doing s- these crazy things for such a long time that they don't even know or realize that they've been doing this shit.
1: Yeah, but we, we, if we right here up under them. Under them and going to their schools, we've learned the same type of dastardly deeds.
0: <laughs> That's true. The same type of low-down shit. Yeah, but still, they're not looking at us the same way. <clears throat> <And clears throat> what I want to say about that is they're looking at us like we can't be at the same level that they are. Mm. Because they've used all getting their homes and everything for financial gain. They won't let us get homes and stuff so that we can use mm. for our... Uh, to better ourselves or get other loans and equity in our homes, you know, yeah. it's just crazy stuff. All, all those small little things because all white people ain't bad, you know, it's, it's just a few who've been trained and they just keep oh, it's more than a few, know? So,
1: you know, um, uh, with that, I guess I would say, with um, that is. They, there are some people who would say, I've heard Dick Gregory talk about this, and some other scholarly black people to say that the worst trick that was ever played was played on broke white people. Um, they say Lyndon Johnson said that whether you got money or not, when it comes to a white man, if you can trick him into believing that his white skin is better than anybody else, no matter what he got, what, what, what he has, he'll reach in his pocket and give you everything that he has. You know, you, you can fall back on your skin color and always have, you know, I ain't got nothing in my pocket, but at least I'm better than that motherfucker. <laughs> That's a fucked up way to get them fuck somebody's head up, man. Yeah. And to a degree, I believe us as African-American niggas, uh, we afflicted with that shit, too.
0: Well, it's just been so many other games uh, that have been played on as mental things, like uh, from slavery days, from... Uh, people being in, in the outhouse or the yard, Negroes in the house, Negroes. You know, so we got well, about, yeah, we a lot do, of house know. Negroes, and and then you know, I wondered if they made a bet with some some women because you got to remember some of our founding fathers, yeah. you know, had slaves, and right. they they had all, all these black women and screwing them they, too. They, you know? and you know what, you know what the biggest
1: goddamn misnomer is, is that they would say like you, they would assume like you. You was a house nigga because you liked it. And me a dogs skin and i be feeling it. Mm. Blood was totally the reverse. <laughs> the real house nigga was just, just like Sam Jackson in the Django. Mm-hmm. A black motherfucker. Right. Jet black motherfucker, a fat black bitch. They didn't want to see no high yellow. The white women knew that their husbands out in the field fucking these goddamn women. Right. For the most part, they really didn't want to see no high yellow because That's a, to right, them, the that's an image that you, you know. <laughs> right, they, now, they messed up. So Sam Jackson was the epitome of a house nigga, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> when you look at all this shit that Davey raised, Uncle Ben and Aunt Jemima, all this shit was big black niggas. But you ain't so seen no high yellow goddamn nigga on no racial box of food or nothing. <laughs> Always some dogs get niggas. So those would what they would say was the real house nigga, but I wouldn't claim yeah, being a the, house niggas
0: today at all. But the funny thing about it is, like, we raise their children. We're smart enough to raise their children and give them the direction, but they don't think we're smart enough to do anything else. <laughs> well, hey, man. Anyway, that's another story for another time. (laughs) Before I go to that,
1: you know, we get all this other good shit we got, to. They have a reason to feel the way they are. They do, yeah. I guess we have to be a little bit more understanding of their plight. But, you know, (laughs) realize you are really this vulnerable and ain't with so many of us. Not only is nature against us, the number of other people are against us.
0: But the main thing that we all have to realize, we are all spiritual entities having a spiritual experience in a human body, yes, we, you know, yeah. so ain't nobody better than nobody because we're all the same, and whatever you know, I can know, whatever you learn, I can learn. Yeah, yeah well all I understand that, world. but
1: I think that uh, you know, to add to the dentum and a footnote to what you're saying about that is everybody also needs to understand that because you are having a spiritual you know, experience, a human being having a spiritual experience, you got to take into account all your motherfucking emotions. You can't try to rule out one of the other and normally there's a balance. If you can live in a balance of moderation, you know, you, you can strive to be all good, but understand there's a, a, a another side of that. There's a bad side of that. Everybody has two demons, like you see the little movies and they got the angel on this one side and the devil on this side. Everybody has that shit in them. Everybody has a dual-ass personality. One is good, one is bad. Well, like I said, God and Satan revealed yeah. in your body, and you have to control both of them motherfuckers.
0: Yeah, but once you become more spiritual, you understand that emotion is an emotion, and you got to really control your emotions because your yeah. emotions can really knock you out the box. Yeah,
1: you know. Yeah, and then, then that's where I guess, whether you know, having a man around most black houses. Because for, for the most part, the emotional shit was going on a lot of our black boys not man. Is they raised by a bunch of women.
0: And women are emotional. Right. You know. And so that makes it more confrontational because they're not thinking with their real true feelings. They're going well, by emotionals. Yeah.
1: You, know? you have to think about common sense, dude. I've never gone off on a goddamn cop in my life, no matter yeah, what number of people But up. you don't I'm have to. No. I mean, I've <clears throat> seen motherfuckers do it, but I've always they have the rest- expect to know that this motherfucker can kill me <laughs> and get away with it. Exactly. Some of them get out talking shit, them like, you just pulling me over because I'm black. Why are you fucking with me?
0: Right. And oh, then you're know, I'm not here yeah. for going I all mean, that. how you doing this officer? Because that officer might have been the one who had that bad day and just go <laughs> off on it. He ain't <laughs> got to be having a bad day, but to see an angry nigga, <laughs> that's on
1: the list. Kill, kill all angry niggas. But <laughs> so they'll never see me angry. Yes, sir, how you doing? Hi. I'm always polite. And they've let me off, dude, for the most part. I have gotten off with a whole lot of shit with the police,
0: dude. Just being polite. Yes. Nice. Respectful. Talking to them. Having conversations with them. I think that goes over in almost everything that you do, being respectful and polite. Uh, You know, that'll help you in everything that you do. Remember that. Whoever's listening to me, because... Uh, like my mother always taught me that you can get more things with honey than you yeah. can with vinegar. <laughs> exactly. So it's always best to use your mind and be wise rather than otherwise.
1: Exactly. So, so I'm telling you how I've said this on this, this show before. Young men, especially black men, when them people pull your ass over, do and be as kind as you can. It's uh, You really control the situation. That's if right. If kind and respectful with them... They gonna be kind and respectful of you now. It's some assholes out there, but you got the goddamn blessings of God over you. You can't even look at it like that. But if you come at them motherfuckers in a confrontational way, we gonna keep having fucking parades and protests <laughs> for ignorant motherfuckers who got mad at these motherfuckers and they shot your ass because they were afraid of you. Right. That's just the bottom line.
0: Or they? Hell, I'm
1: scared of goddamn niggas. Some of them. But you know, I mean, I'm afraid of the cop. That's why I get a cop respect because I'm afraid of you. So if you're afraid of some goddamn body, you give them goddamn motherfuckers the respect on they goddamn job.
0: But we need Move more cops. You about
1: your goddamn business, and if you if you if, if they really that disrespectful, you can set them up where you see them at another time on your motherfucking right. terms.
0: But we need more cops that are respectful to all people. That's very I would important to that. Because it's just like, uh, man, uh, being a cop—that's the profession that you don't need people that. Are ready to kill yeah. somebody and hurt somebody. That's just like get to go on an airplane flight, and and the, and the pilot said, "Fuck it, I ain't landing today." Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, right. we don't need no bad pilots. Yeah, <laughs> we need good cops, and actually more but, training. Because check this out.
1: I uh, been, uh, you saying is more training. Yeah, but I think the vetting process.
0: Yeah, but that's part of training.
1: You, yeah, training, but it's like man. Maybe a motherfucker needs a goddamn fucking high fucking degree to be a goddamn police officer as opposed to being able to be a ninth grade dropout and become one. This is the True. type I'm saying I'm talking about. You need more education. True. You know, fuck reform. I mean Reform what? Right. Because it's a, this motherfucker, it's a certain jobs you can't get unless you got a college degree. A police officer ain't one of them. Any failed reject can get that job <laughs> and take his frustrations out on motherfuckers.
0: And that's what's been happening for so long. Uh, so that's where it starts. That they're reformer. How you are these that's, motherfuckers? That's what I'm. I'm saying the same thing. Like I go to places like Japan, and I've seen a guy with a sword and the police are around him. They don't shoot him. They talk to him. They have the sense and the training to just wait. And if he makes a move to him, he they just step back and still well, talk. to Well, I've him. seen that's it. I
1: played a video up here about a year ago where a black cop did that. To a motherfucker. this motherfucker came in here with a fucking machete about this long. And he walked walk straight up to him. He didn't take no—he didn't act scared, just walked straight up to him. He knew this motherfucker only swing one way. And when he swung, he just took his ass down and locked him up. <laughs> First of all, if you a cop, you ought to know if right. there are people out there taking judo lessons and jiu-jitsu and all, you, you motherfuckers ought to know how to fight. You right. shouldn't need no goddamn weapon unless somebody has one on you. Right. So any bitch-ass cop that's shooting the motherfucker ain't got no gun. Ought to be executed, right? Especially you ought to be better, the You got mace, you got a baton, you got dogs that you you got tasers, and you got to lethally kill somebody. Right. Oh, some way Shoot him in the back from
0: thirty feet. Or 20. <laughs> Come on, yeah. You can't, you can't. You that big of a bitch. You ain't got no business being a cop. <laughs> that's I agree with that. That's why we need reform and training. We need better policemen. Vetting
1: is the word. The hiring process. If your ass came, you can't even think about being a cop unless your ass got a degree from a higher goddamn institution. But that's going to fuck it up because how many people would have, if, if you were that smart, you wouldn't even want to be a cop. Exactly. So pretty much it's <laughs> like being a garbage man <laughs> to be a motherfucking police. <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, or in the military or that type of shit. You know, that shit Trump said lately and pissed people off, dude. What's, what did Trump say lately? That motherfucker said then that any military, to the effect that any person in the military who got killed or got captured or whatever is a sucker. Oh, that's terrible. That I, I
0: remember he made a reference to John McCain about that. Yeah, he said McCain wasn't no hero to him because he got captured. Yeah, but you got to remember. Trump, he, he never went
1: nowhere to fight. No, he dodged war. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he can talk about somebody. Obama, them Bush boys, all them motherfuckers. There hasn't been a real president to fought a war, I don't believe. it goes, McCain didn't win, but it, it goes way back. It, before you could be the president, bro, you had to— have fought in a war and shot at
0: somebody and been shot at. Right. <laughs> These motherfuckers, they just go to law school and become the fucking president. <laughs> or be as popular as they think they can and be the president and have no clue on how military things really work. Yeah. And uh, you sending somebody's kids
1: off to die and kill somebody, and your ass ain't never did it. You should not be allowed to be a motherfucking president if you have never fought in a goddamn war. Or- that should be the deciding factor right there. You are. All the president is, is the goddamn chief. He's the commanding chief. You are the head motherfucker over all the military. Hmm. So if you a motherfucker ain't never been in no
0: combat, you ain't got no business being the president. And if you are the president, you better understand that and learn all the responsibilities of being in that position. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly, man. Yeah. So, you know, this is where we're at
1: now, man. But, shit, we need to regroup now, because we done got way off, because I knew this was going to happen with you coming up here. <laughs> yeah, whatever I had on this page, I knew I was going to go a different goddamn way. <laughs> so what we going to do right now, ladies and gentlemen, go to a quick break. Cause you know what? John rarely don't do breaks up here. But I got my man up here, and I want him to do something.
0: What, you going to play both of them motherfuckers or what? Well, uh, maybe she can play one of my songs. Okay. okay. I'll let her pick it. They're yeah. all good. Uh, these are some of my new songs coming out.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to let you do She's that. She's going to play uh, gonna Let's Go Home. We're going quick break. And uh, when I get back, we're going to get on some of our subjects. called it's, it's
0: called Let's Go Home. Let's Man. go home. You know, um, like I said, during these times, I've been able to reinvent myself, mm. and I got the best musicians in town playing with me. That's why it's so smooth and so good, and I let everybody put their own creative feeling on there. And when you let people just do what they do, It comes out to be a masterpiece. Well, you ain't Um,
1: missing nobody but me. You need my voice to come (laughs) back and lead this shit like Eddie King, right? right.
0: You know, uh, speaking of people that I have on there, we have Ray Parker Jr. playing guitar. And he always puts his... (laughs) his (laughs) Uh, Les King, who put the phenomenal bass line on it. Uh, Eddie Miller, who plays with Brian Culver and other people. He's just a phenomenal keyboard player and a great person to write with. We wrote these songs together, yeah, and it just came out so good. All the songs are great. And um, I've I've learned that um, we have to put a warning label on these songs. Wow. What's also, vocal about it? No, I say it's vocal, but it's a warning because if you listen to these music, and a man and woman are in the same room, Something might get started and they might get some well, babies later. Well, i was just run. about to ask you, but
1: before I go back to ask you, you just got them. Boys. It's like you, all you all need now nice. is the voice is come back, right? And you need to stand up there and sing. Right? No, it's the sax is singing, man. God damn, single how we used to do a chat. I'll over this shit. <laughs>
0: i get back
1: to that, because I know how it is as being a comedian, bro. Right? You know, a musician is one thing, but if you could fuck the shit out of a goddamn woman and have her cracking up laughing, then that's one thing. But well, you can't do it with music, too. No, that's what I'm saying. You know, you said, I expect it? you to be able to do it with music. <laughs> so what it's like to be able to write your own goddamn music and just blow a
0: bitch's of socks off with it. <laughs> oh, you can make play some... <laughs> and if you want to ask a question, Mark, you say... But when you really want to get sexy,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this is all pre-recorded, certainly you're not laying in the bed but naked with the bitch blowing the socks.
0: Well, you know, uh, I don't want to tell you <laughs> all my <laughs> secrets because, you know, being a saxophone player, we do that triple tongue technique and we have to oh, make sure we do things God. like that. Oh, that's nigga a, a triple tongue. Clitoris, like, you know. Oh, if you do that, boy, they'll go nuts.
1: Basically, you don't have to pull your dick out.
0: Oh, yeah, you do. you do. You better. You know, I'm just happy, like I said, we're doing this uh, uh, reinventing ourselves. Yeah. Let me speak about that real quick because I've got this secret weapon over here that is a monster. That nobody's yeah, nobody's playing about that. It looks, it looks like a, Star Wars. Yes, it does. Uh, that's where I'm ready to go with it uh, it's called an aerophone uh, man it's got some great sounds but you gotta know how to play it uh, and the thing is I can be anything I want with this thing uh, but what I like is I can be like a Miles Davis (laughs) oh man You know, things like that, uh, but you know sometimes if uh, I get, uh, you know, I, I'm Jewish by proxy, so sometimes. Jewish. Yeah, man, I, I play in all the Jewish temples in around L.A. And so sometimes oh, you have okay. to play some nice violin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, Italian in anyway. <laughs> but sometimes I, I gotta go get one of them motherfuckers <laughs>
0: sometimes I do my little scatting <laughs> oh you just blowing it in that motherfucker just doing that
1: Have one tomorrow, <laughs> well, you know. the I you know how
0: to blow these things, man. I'm, sure. I'm just happy, man, no. and you know because music has always been sensual. They say, man, this is
1: a, it ain't the worst drug, but it's stronger than any drug. <laughs> it's it always be sensual. Sad. But you have it to know. Goes it goes across all languages. Yes, it it's, does. Uh, it, it
0: gets you through all the emotions, be happy, sad, whatever, memory. It's the most powerful drug there is. But you know, the thing about music is that you will always remember where you were this year, that year, by music. Yeah. You'll remember that 911, what kind of music you were listening to, or whatever kind of thing yeah, really I remember touches it. you. Uh Music is that important. And mm-hmm. even through these times, everybody's still listening to some music. Yeah. They ain't cut us off all the way. They call us uh, non-essential, okay. but still everybody's got music in their cars. They got Spotify, Pandora, everybody, every yeah. other thing you can do. Now, that being said, not meaning mean to cut you off, but uh, you just see how powerful it is. And you know what
1: type of classical shit that you do. You know what they say about the, the, the hip-hop type of thing, but, you know, that shit moves people, too, dude. Now... So I guess my question is: Do you think that that's more of a destructive thing for the most part when it comes to you know no. certain rap music and the no. sounds and influencing people to do things that are fucking you know just be happy? But there's some music, and I know, motherfuckers, I've done some things off of music that I probably wouldn't have done. Of shit. <laughs> that's when I was younger. But some music can move your ass
0: and do some shit that you normally wouldn't have did. Yes, it does, but right. that's what it's good for. But uh, all the rap, the hip-hop, let me tell you what that is. After we look at it from, like, 50 years from now, we'll see that these young brothers have taken it to another level because music is always supposed to grow and go into different directions. Never has our music stayed the same, even from the beginning. Yeah, Yeah, even from the beginning of uh, classical music. Mm. First, they just had block chords. People would play the one, the four, and the five and then they just didn't write it down and they knew how to improvise those yeah. chords and then we taken those same chords we've taken to jazz and we took when we got to jazz we took it to another way because yeah. we were doing uh putting five sevens on the chords yeah. uh, when i'm saying these chords it's, it's like uh, playing some different stuff. That's where the jazz came up with uh, the blues and everything like that. Mm. A lot of things started for the blues, and yeah. then after we got from the blues, we came to some smoother jazz. We came to the R and B, which And, and, was and they mentioned that, that even when when that was new, it was consp- I guess considered just as risque as the rap. Exactly, and every generation yeah. always will have a music that well, we will look well, down and say, I don't <laughs> even
1: want to think about 20 or 30 years how bad that music is going to be to make this shit today look as harmonious right. as what the fuck jazz <laughs> That's yeah, going to be yeah. some pretty horrible shit. Yeah, I want to see what's going to be so risky about it in
0: 20 years myself because music it can be very powerful, but it yeah, can always be yeah. fun.
1: We ain't running out of time, but, man, let me get through some of these questions. You Detroit boy. Yes,
0: I'm from Detroit, born and raised, had a wonderful time. Detroit, you know, was an awesome city back during the time when I was growing up in the 60s and 70s. Uh, Detroit was so musical uh, tolerant. Mm. I remember it would be like this. Sometimes you get people knock on your door. Hey, buddy, (laughs) I didn't hear you practice today. What's going on? You got to practice. Oh, okay? I get to knock another couple of weeks. Hey, buddy, I heard you playing that run like this. Can you play a like I'm like, okay, all right. But I get another knock on the door. Hey, buddy, your guy's practicing because we're going to plan some uh, parties outside. We're going to cook some food. But, you know, when I came out to L.A., somebody knocked on the door. Hey, can you turn that shit down? And he only go ask you once. You know, (laughs) I I was very fortunate because I grew up right next to the YMCA. The YMCA in Detroit, it was called the Fisher YMCA. Everybody came there. All the professional athletes came there to work out. Mm. All the musicians came there to work out. I learned almost everything I know from being at the Fisher YMCA. I met Marvin Gaye there, Dave Bing. He was a a Pistons guard who was awesome that time. Uh, everybody came there. The Temptations would come there. Yeah. And the funny thing about some of the Temptations, they always get new Cadillacs every three weeks, it seemed like. Yeah. And uh, so they offered to take the kids home. They couldn't take me home because I live right there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: going, can't drive. <laughs> I'm so I not with them. I said, okay, I'm going to be on the stage with these guys. That's um, cool, man. That's good um, for a kid to see. Yeah, I'm sure you saw all the other shit, the and, pimps and the drug dealers and all that shit. But the shit. thing
0: is, we had smart, mature men who were deeply uh, uh, rooted into intelligence. Yeah. So they would check a young brother. You know, they would uh, challenge you mentally right. yeah. and then and see you talk, and then you make yourself look like an idiot, and then they show you why. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. and then they taught me how to play chess, which is a very uh, a, a good game for you to be able to think seven and eight moves ahead, right. which is very important. But a lot of kids, they're just on their phones, and they, uh, you know, it's sitting in the same room, and would text each yeah. other and not having any. Talk uh, uh conversation with each other. It's no just, intentions, man, at all. I, yeah. They don't even
1: know how to write today, bruh. Yeah. My writing has always been bad, but I can still
0: print and write curses <laughs> on These motherfuckers don't even know how to write. Man. Right, exactly. They couldn't write a page if they uh, uh. If life depended on it. <laughs> so I, I'm thankful for growing yeah. up in Detroit, where all the great musicians. Uh. My high school was fucking great. Mm. Uh, everybody in our high school jazz band went to be professional. Mm-hmm. Ray Parker went with Stevie, uh, Ollie Brown. Stevie who? Wonder? Stevie Wonder. Yo, you, you didn't go to school with Stevie. No, but he went out of our high school. That's yeah. where they went.
1: Okay. And I'll Steve tell y'all went to the same high school. Yeah. Okay, good.
0: Ollie Brown went with uh, Stevie and then with the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Uh, we had one trumpet player who played. He was on White uh, uh, Wild Cherry, yeah. played that funky music, White Boy. Yeah. They were the guys in the back small. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we Casey never the sunshine, No, that was Wild Cherry. Okay. Uh, a couple of guys were playing with the dramatics. Everybody's. Another guy's went with the. Yeah. Uh, 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 the uh, guys in town.
1: That motherfucker was
0: known for music. Yeah, shit, I was man. with the Fantastic Four and then I Where'd found you get
1: out. you start at, though? Where'd you really first get on stage at? And then, and then start traveling around with everybody where well, you made your name. You got to hear the Funky sax, man.
0: Well, it was all, everything in life is a process and it's a part of a journey. Yeah. Uh, when I first started, uh, I was 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music director came in our room and said he wanted the smartest people in, in our math class, so he picked a couple of us, and I never stopped from there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after I got to high school, uh, clarinet was not the instrument to play. All the cool guys were playing yeah, the saxophone. you
1: <laughs> it playing the clarinet, man. I you like know? the sound of the clarinet. Can that thing play the clarinet? Yes, it can. Well, it's not really a
0: cool thing for a guy to be playing. So, and then, uh, so I said, I'm going over to the sax section. But um, what happened in my case was the music director was playing with everybody he played in all the motown bands and big bands of that era mm. uh, so i would come down to his rehearsals and things like that so man that was great these old guys man they were doing everything <laughs> so i got in the band and our band came out to be one of the best bands in town yeah uh we went up against the, the, the goliath they were called energy mm. anyway my band was not supposed to win but we turned them out at that point, I started playing with everybody. Yeah. Uh, people were calling me out to do things and stuff like that. So yeah. I had a great history. As soon as I got out to L.A., I kept, got with Ray Parker, played on all of his hits. Uh, yeah. And then that started thing with, I played with Switch, War, yeah. uh, Johnny Guitar Watson. I played with him until he died yeah. in Japan. Yeah. Um, he loved me, and Bobby Womack, too. He was another yeah, great remember, player. Yeah,
1: Womack is another one I remember you yeah. telling
0: me about. I played all of Macy Gray's biggest hits, yeah. uh, the brand-new heavies, DJ Quick. Yeah. Uh, so it's been a nice role and journey for me. But now it's time for me to pass it on. Now, yeah. I'll tell you about, so
1: before you go there, tell me about some of the
0: soundtrack you did. Ghostbusters huh? uh, so and all that Ghostbusters. Back then we were doing a lot of TV stuff. So I did the theme song for Richard Pryor when he had a television series on. Yeah. Then, of course, I did the Ghostbusters cartoon, Dennis the Minister cartoon. That was me doing all those soundtracks for Hein over at Saban uh, Productions. And we did so many cartoons (laughs) over there, man. Yeah. It was was almost every week doing something. Yeah. But it was was just a different era at that time. And uh, uh, we were talking about um, earlier – being a dad. I don't have any kids or anything like that. But I, I, I have a lot of students yeah. and sometimes, you know, it's interesting when you grade to kids, which I always try to be and teach them like you are talking to a real man. Yeah. But just in a way that they can understand and they will be true men. Mm-hmm. Um one time about a week ago, this let me know that I've done the right thing. I was at a um getting my oil change at the Jiffy Lube. Yeah. And so this one kid came up to me and said, hey, are you Mr. Green? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Green. You are my teacher, my jazz teacher. Yeah. And so I'm just happy to see kids growing up because, in his case, I was uh, teaching over in Inglewood at uh, mm. a, 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 a junior a middle school, at yeah. Warren Lane Middle School, and they put all the worst students in the class. Yeah. They wanted my program to fail, but they didn't know that I was a good teacher. Right. So at one point, you know, they was all trying to be bad. So I said, we're not going to do any music today. We're just going to talk. So I sat and talked to all the guys and listened to them. Right. Mostly listen, And then some of the guys cried because they said no teacher ever really listened to them. Yeah. And
2: right.
0: then these kids turned out to be the best students ever. And we won the uh, championship in Inglewood that year. <laughs> Man, that's cool as a motherfucker. Yeah, you did so, it on more of an
1: organized level. I did it more on dealing with women who had children. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's you know that's. I don't have any due to. Suppose they have nine kids, ladies and gentlemen, due to due to six <laughs> miscarriages and three abortions. I don't have any. Probably so. only one of them that I really regret, Uh because God really did me a favor as I look back on some of the heifers that that I was supposed to have these kids from. I truly despise, and they despise me, so who wants to bring a kid up through that type of bullshit? Not at all. But I normally raise them like, you know, I, I feel like this should be a day for me, Motherfucker's Day. (laughs) God <laughs> fucked fucks mothers, a woman who wear a and the goddamn dad ain't there. I've raised a lot of kids like that. Going I have, too. Some of them played in the NBA, and the NFL. I won't mention their names because I don't want to expose their mothers. But I've always been a guy to go over to Crenshaw High and look to the basketball games right. football games, looking to find, you know, the next LeBron James mother and help his mother out while he's a young kid and that type of shit. Right. So
0: I contributed that way. But that's a good thing, and for any uh, young father or just a father who's going through things with a woman, still be a good man, not only to your kids, to other kids. Yeah, because if they need your, it all. Yeah, you need you need it it a all.
1: kid is a kid, man. Right. I got to say, you know, I, like I say, when I'm t- dealing with women with kids, they got to be in their formative years. I ain't right? Right? No, no goddamn bitches got fucking 16 and 17-year-old goons around. Daughters that I want to fuck? With. No, I'm <laughs> talking, You gotta be forty-five, six years old. Where I got you know some type of impact on your mind and your life but huh? you be the woman that
0: goddamn got them got adult dope kid so wait a minute back shit. up back up if the kid is 18 or 17 you're gonna be looking at them funny what <laughs> they <laughs> might be looking at me funny
1: <laughs> get the fuck away from my mama nigga i need a place to stay <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. God, they're not, they're not, i need to with some women can't get rid of their goddamn kids so yeah, yeah that kid is gonna be more protective of his mama because if he spends more time you know, more time with this dude, then
0: motherfucker's no yeah. putting me almost like the baby boy syndrome. Yeah, funny story is that uh, women are funny sometimes. You know, we got to say that because we all are funny. But I've been in a situation like that where uh, I was with a woman and her, her daughter is like about eighteen or so, and oh you oh in the house, God. and in the house, <laughs> and then they get comfortable with you, right? And then they'll walk around with stuff, and you be looking at, yeah, did I, did she, <laughs> <laughs> did she do that? Yeah,
1: right.
0: <laughs> and, and walking around with stuff, nipples pointing out like, ding. And, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, like, right. what's, I'm what? Is she mom, trying man. to show me something that I have to correct yeah, them on? You, you know, be, come yeah, on.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm still, man. Yeah, so and you, you, you just go can't. tell the mom. And yeah, yeah, tool, let them you, do that. You know. Then I'll just get away from it. Because a goddamn woman can turn that shit
0: against you too. Don't say well, my daughter ain't did Nothing right, like right, that. Right, right, if right. If you
1: get pissed up, So, no.
0: And why are you looking at her like that anyway?
1: Exactly. She's been walking around like that before she came in. Who you came in. So, you know, I stay away from that shit. You know, I with a woman, like I said, she got like toddlers and the kid ain't been abused by some other
0: motherfuckers. I can deal with that, but after a certain age, I ain't even fucking with you. But, you know, sometimes in America, our our society um, puts so much oppression on our, our young sisters and so that alters their thinking about a lot of things. So right. they become jaded at a younger age and, and more rebellious and then not seeking the truth because nobody's talking about truth. Right, I've looked around and I've seen even churches not really teaching, you know. And so where are our kids going to to get guidance? They look on the television and seeing everybody... Uh, or TikTok, and everybody's doing booty Mm. dances and booty dances and this and that, and thinking that's the way you get views and hits and more respect. That ain't the way. It ain't. But
1: I say it all has to begin, man, before a child is even formed, before before it is even skeeted out of your penis into a woman's vagina. These things have to be taken more seriously before you even bring a child here. Into the We're world. We're talking about what a kid needs to be when it gets here. But if it's brought here through frivolousness, then nine times out of ten, it's going to have a frivolous existence. Mm. I mean, you can't just get with nobody and lust behind no goddamn fucking weeping female. Right, damn, bitch, look at them teddy, Look at them. Right.
0: right, and then not have anything. And it's he look at motherfucker,
1: motherfucker, what can you do for me? Right, you got a nice girl. You got some money. All right, come on, you can bust in it. <laughs> and here comes another life. I mean, another life cannot just bought here that be bought here that carelessly. Right. And that's where the problem lies. Because mm. you end up after this lustful night and you probably was both under some type of alcohol or narcotics. And you mm. bring a child up under that and then realize y'all can't stand each other.
0: Yeah, but the thing is at that point they gotta be able to realize that, hey, we have a responsibility. But some people don't re- everybody understand. Gonna, everybody gonna do, ain't going to do Ain't going to
1: do that. They, 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 it, you, you see, they haven't been doing it. True, because they haven't Because been the anger becomes, it ain't about being told. It's the yeah, anger it is. that the, the female going to get vindictive as a motherfucker. But, and the dude is going to be like, even if I want to be around my child. she was raised they say right. And this ain't for all. Well, for the most part, then you need to ask your question before you lay your dick in a broad whether she was raised right. <laughs> but you can tell that. By dealing with it, but most people don't. You don't think about that, they especially don't think. in our business. Where we go, bro, we said, I, ain't, you know, said, I didn't, bro. We didn't dealt with them, but you know, you gotta met some goddamn women in that you know that carried themselves that way. And I'm not just gonna fuck you right now. Yeah, yeah, you know, What's, but you,
0: yeah, some then you, you have gonna games. go to like,
1: well, that's not what I'm on, bitch. I just got off stage and I need my dick up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you, whatever. We, we can go to church, but that ain't going to stop me from fucking nobody right now. Yeah. But, but uh, you can't bring no child up under those conditions.
0: Yeah. All I'm saying is that, you know, if you have a child, I'm going to say this. It should be planned. Yes. And and if you have a child that isn't planned, step up to the plate and do the right thing. It
1: just makes you as planned. I want my, my children to get them be careful like me, so that means we're, we're, I'm looking to breed around the month months of March or April, that's around that time. <laughs> but you so, man, if you got them fucking goddamn just fucking in the woman cup you, guess what? I'm pregnant, then you fuck it up. If your shit wasn't planned, then you fuck it up. If you brought a kid here by by just happenstance, it just happened because we didn't prepare for it, that's the wrong way to bring a child in, in case you didn't know it. If you didn't plan your goddamn child, you fuck it up. Right. So when they get here and like especially if you ain't prepared for it. You ain't got you. You you barely got them making it. You can't take care of yourself, and you gonna bring another life here, man. Y'all motherfuckers talk about Donald
0: Trump, but y'all better be glad I ain't the president, right? But let me ask you this: What about uh, young ladies who have? They know they had a kid like eighteen, nineteen, and then they have four or five more, and then they don't they have any for job. Four check. Four check.
1: Yeah, each kid represents a certain amount of money.
0: What if and that's know know really to get a really a way
1: to bring it. If you got them hustling, you just got them, and some of them get lucky and get kids from a rich motherfucker. But man, goddamn and If you just a broke bitch, you can have got them. Uh, you know enough kids where you can get six, seven hundred dollars, maybe a thousand for each kid.
0: Do you really think women think that way?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I met some of them. You have too. <laughs> I just wanted to hear him say that.
1: Call him Welfare
0: Queen. Because it's not really cool. And, you know, I've talked to some women. It's not
1: to bring a child in life for, for that type, for that purpose alone. You just a meal ticket. Right. So it ain't just about the dad being a deadbeat dad. If first of all, it wouldn't be no deadbeat dads if it wasn't for motherfucking deadbeat moms.
0: Okay, if ain't nobody
1: go. raped your ass, you got to think about who you let goddamn impregnate your ass. That's right. And not use an abortion clinic as a form of a condom.
0: Right. And you got to take care of your business, period. And if you do get raise a kid, you got to take care of business. Get a job. Yeah, and you should want to, man. That's
1: the, that's why I say, you know, if I had to, I would have had to alter a whole lot about me. Yeah, if I had my own, bro, I had to sacrifice a lot. I would have done it. But right. Dad did it for me. I mean, that's that's what you do. Right. So you know, I don't complain yeah. about you know when I think about the six miscarriages and the three abortions. Like, man, is it God meant for it to be right. like that, bro? I, you ain't born there. None of your own. You're supposed to be just where you are and do what you're supposed to do because if you've got this responsibility, and in my eyes, responsibility is nothing to look forward to.
0: Well, see, you, you're smart enough to understand that and look at that, but a lot of people don't look at that, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm, I'm thankful and, and lucky and fortunate of my parents Stayed together, and they taught us. They yeah. taught us how to my be men dad and women. Man, you know, sixty-nine
1: years, brother. She died last. They still be going seventy-some years strong. Now they all got like cats and right? dogs
0: up to the day she died. Right. But they stayed together. And and but they taught us. And yeah. Not only they taught us well. Uh, you know, my mom was so smart. She was super smart. Mm. She knew the English language like killer, She was. She could have been one of these people that. Uh, could have been a cold breaker because, you know, the people that do crossword <laughs> yeah. puzzles, the crossword puzzles were not She would, she would do yeah. the cryptograms and uh, just all numbers yeah. and stuff. So, so but the point is. Trigonometry and all. is just some people that easy yeah. just yeah. got it like that, man. And my father was a mathematician, so he taught me how so to deal with math. So
1: them two probably should have got together to be having
0: kids. <laughs> and here's the thing. Um, funny story is um, when you're into that and you got parents to help you, and I thought I, we were rich. <laughs> yeah, I thought we had, I had everything I needed. And I got into the argument with my junior high school teacher. His name is Jesse Verdon. Mm. And uh, he said, if you go to this junior high school, you're in the ghetto. So I said, I told him I don't live in the ghetto. I don't live, I don't live in the ghetto cuz you know we had we were traveling and we got this and the colored the first people that color we had movie cameras when in the early 60s we had everything everything and uh, then when I was growing up I, everything I needed I remember uh first I had a, a you know we were very entrepreneur, entrepreneurs yeah. and uh when I was about 10 or 11 should I had uh, took the lawnmower and cutting grass man I had a bank uh, account at 10 you know? <laughs> Seriously, because I was cutting grass. I had me a bank account and I was making money. Yeah. So I bought my first saxophone and stuff and, and put down on it. It was made payments, monthly payments. Yeah. When I was 14 and 15, man. man but people I don't understand that kind of stuff. You shit.
1: Know? Like from the time I was eight, nine years old, I was the last one out of nine. <laughs> now, my father, shit, they, him and my mom had me, but they was much older 42. He was 42, she was 37. The first eight motherfuckers caught hell, bro. <laughs> my parents had them yeah, when they were young and they were struggling during that goddamn time. <laughs> and when they got around to me, mm. man, motherfucker treated me like a straight prince. I was running shit. All <laughs> <laughs> the no? brothers and sisters would come to me to get me. I could get them, get my dad to go just, Dad, go buy this like today. <laughs> go do, go buy this. And they would come to me to get him to do so. Right. Even with my mom, them motherfuckers realized whatever we did with the first eight, by making them be in church four or five times a week and fucking mm-hmm. them up, we are not going to do it with this one. <laughs> because all them, they was right behind each other. right? All eight of them right behind a year or two, right, right. behind each other. Okay. After my sister is six years older than me, they waited six years between them eight niggas and me, and it's like, all right, we're going to try it again. <laughs> <laughs> so... I was spoiled like a motherfucker, but my older brother and sister whooped my ass, too. It's almost like Dang. you haven't got them 10 parents, bruh. Right, right. But i go straight to Same in my family.
0: Uh, my youngest sister, uh, my parents had seven kids. Yeah. And it was a big gap between the oldest and the youngest. Yeah, and I got a sister, two or three brothers, all of to be my parents. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So my youngest sister, she was spoiled as hell. She got everything, all the treatment. Yeah. But, you know, I think they spoiled us all, but, you know, we just see it more when you're seeing when it's on the last one and you know we're old and like we're like 10, and 12 and they're they just getting everything yeah. getting away with stuff. Yeah, it it
1: causes sibling rivalry because there's another brother right before my sister 70 years he was like the motherfucker that my dad doted on. And When I came along man to this day man that motherfucker hates my custom. My goddamn brother dude that down. He be 60 this year I believe. Did mm. 30 years in the Marines. Got a nice family. A mm. multi-millionaire. Me and that motherfucker still don't get along because basically that motherfucker still heats my guts. Now that's the mental illness you, you, you deal with in a family. Yeah, that motherfucker hate that. you
0: for taking my spot. Right. Yeah,
1: you're you damn right. right.
0: But you know, you got to remember too. My, I got a brother in the military, and they talk totally different. Yeah, but so he and he done
1: been through both of them goddamn wars. He mm-hmm. went through with Bush Senior, and he and went too. through with the other one after nine one one. Yeah. And that shit has damaged his I mean, mind. Of course, of course. Yeah. It has really remember, damaged his mind.
0: They they're trained killers, number one. Yeah. And what we say that makes sense to us doesn't make sense to them. Right. You know, so you can't talk politics, can't talk this, and you know, so yeah, I learned and that with my brother. That shit, man. You know, <laughs> so I'm cool with my brother because I don't talk about those stuff, You know, yeah. But anyway, but uh, anyway, we I'm got on like, your show. We done talked about a whole bunch of different yeah, stuff. and you and know, just
1: only got them ten percent of the shit on this page. We gonna be back up here, got yeah. them, and them doing our own goddamn thing So but, if um,
0: if anybody wants to get in touch with me or see what I've been yeah. doing, uh, you can go to chazygreen.net. And uh, check it out. Or just type in Chazzy Green and Google it. You'll see so much stuff that I've done mm-hmm. and the people that I've helped in life. Because uh, at this point in my life, and stage of the game, mm-hmm. it's about helping others. Because I've lived a successful life. Yeah. And I'm happy to say that. And I've done a lot of great things. But now I'm prouder at doing things for others. Yeah. You get
1: the right at This is what we're supposed to be doing. Giving yeah. it all back. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can't, and that beautiful music that the poor that was paying—they could go, they, they could find your stuff because you got your both of us got our shit out there on sound exchange and everything. But you know, yeah,
0: it, iTunes, anything—you yeah. know, just just type up Chazzy Green, you'll be all right. Yeah. But um, here's the thing, the funky sack man, yeah, right? Me and Al, we're gonna do some stuff together. It's gonna be great because <laughs> we got a, a a little vibe that's really interesting. And we I, used to be neighbors. That's how we met, ladies. <laughs> and gentlemen. This
1: man used to live upstairs with me and. In Inglewood, at in a place called the Crossroads. and But I the was Crossroads dealing.
0: was a very deep place, out. It was. Vibbica Fox lived, had a place there. Uh, it was a couple of Lakers that had a place yeah. there. Um, and the thing was, a, a couple of um, artists and yeah. actors... To stay there as well. Yeah. I had somebody that did my graphic arts that stayed there. I mean, yeah. there was so much talent in the crossroads. Yeah. But what what, what I, a hell of a name. What I learned about that name, <laughs> the name, the name didn't really hit me until I was getting ready to leave there. Yeah. And then I understood most of the times, we all are at a crossroads in yeah, life. Yeah,
1: which 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 way you gonna go? Right, and right you' the wrong one. And that's but the thing is, decision.
0: you gotta choose wisely.
1: Yeah, and you have to do that not just daily, but secondly, right, and minutely,
0: and hourly. And you gotta think about it, uh-uh. you know, because if you just thinking bullshit and just doing all types of bullshit, you ain't gonna be thinking the right thing. Because uh-huh. when you think great things these thoughts will manifest themselves no matter who you are. So yeah. it's better to be positive than negative.
1: Exactly. And mm-hmm. if you have
0: to be spending more time alone to
1: do that, because it's hard to them stay in a solo mindset when you got other people around you with bullshit. I mean, that's one thing I don't miss about never being married or having any kids. I really don't have that responsibility. I can be a selfish motherfucker. But still, it can be a very lonely road sometimes, but yes, when you got the responsibility road. of having to take care of another life, that's your job.
0: And But you can do your job. But here's the thing that most people don't understand about relationships. You've got to have space. Yeah, you do. Some people space. won't allow you to do that. And you're the wrong one. Anyway, <laughs>
1: ladies and gentlemen... Thank y'all for tuning in. Another time, you'd have told me where to find y'all at.
0: Sure can. Where to find you at with all these instruments. And what's that one called? You know? The Aerophone. We'll leave that for phone. another time. But uh, yeah. I'm going to play. Everybody remembers that song. This yeah. is one song that led me through He's going to play
1: us out of here. So before we go, my name's Al Tuma. Y'all know where to find me. Just Google me, Al Tuma, the number two. And hey, he shit. And that's where you'll find me at. I'm going to uh, play saxophone. She says your music up. Yes, it is. Got, it's like, on iTunes.
0: CDs. Like I said, it can go on iTunes, uh, Pandora, Spotify, any uh, yeah. uh, music. Chazzy Green. Chazzy Green, the funky sax man. Funky sax, sax band. Band. You know, and this is really my half-brother, you know, it's like, uh, we yeah, we'll 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 do something do. like Black light because uh, yeah. it, it, but Dad he's black the and white up. woman with him. We'll no, what mom happened to he? Black.
1: His mom's white.
0: He drank a lot of uh, white milk. That's all. <laughs> That's all that happened. <laughs> Everybody knows this song, right? We're Dad. supposed to come out with it this summer, but they got delayed to next summer.
1: All right, we'll play this right here, baby.
0: Uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters. Everybody knows it. <laughs>